your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 446 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains. And Ross, the Ottawa Senators are still on a win streak. Two straight games with the W, and they're looking to make it three tonight up against the New Jersey Devils. The Belleville Senators, however, not such a great weekend as they get caught up in the Moose tracks. Two straight losses to the Manitoba Moose. We will let you know how Matt Murray fared in his return to AHL action. The Senators' morning skate will begin in about 15 minutes from our recording. So, any lineup changes will pass along. And yes, obviously, we're going to break down a 6-5 overtime victory. And you mentioned it, Pilsy. There's no hotter team in the NHL than the Ottawa Senators since December 3rd. Short sample size, sure, but it's the first win streak of the season. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Monday, December 6th, and Pilsy, this is not a dream. The Senators were scored on first but won the game. This is wild. We are living in an alternate reality here, Ross. Not only are we talking about a Senators win or even two Senators wins, but two wins back-to-back is incredible for this team. And, well, hey, they've got their work cut out for them, though, with the New Jersey Devils tonight. That's a team that's done much better than expectations. And then on the flip side of that, tomorrow, an Islanders team that has done much worse than expectations. So it's going to be an interesting time here up against two New York teams. Yes, but beating two cup contenders is a great place to start. And I want to get into this Colorado game right away because I mentioned they were scored on first. It was Darren Helm (laughs) with the beauty. I forgot that guy was still playing. Yes, and unlike when they scored first in Carolina, although the shots were 20-4, to After the first period, this game against Colorado was actually pretty well played if you're an Ottawa Senator, right? This was not a situation where they were chasing the game. They had a 5-2 lead at one point. But how did you like their reaction once they gave up the first goal? Because in those situations last or this year so far, Pilsy, you've got a, the Senators with one win in 13 games when allowing the first goal, and Colorado was 9-0-1 when they scored first. Yeah, so it's really crazy that the Sens won this game and in the fashion that they did win it. But, you know, I, I kind of chalk all this up to the big guns stepping up and playing their part, right? Like Brady Kachuk, captain of the team, he ties it off a nice assist from Tim Stutzla. And where did Stutzla get the puck? Shabbat. That's yep. a Brady Kachuk goal from Stutzla and Thomas Shabbat. That's how you want the score sheet to look there to start the game off. And it was a beauty shot by Kachuk too, which we don't see too many of his goals, just nice, sweet wrist shots beating the goal. Usually it's a, a garbage goal or a tough play or something like that. So it's great for Brady to be able to score those goals and that gets things tied up. And then speaking of uh, guys scoring goals in ways that we're not usually used to or at all, Austin Watson and the fourth line finally chip in. We see 
a, a sliver of offense from Dylan Gambrell. And uh, it was a great pass at the right time. And good on Waddy for potting that one in. Is there a better feeling as a sports fan than cheering on the announcement of your team's goal at home <laughs> and then scoring again, especially when it's the fourth line that gets the second one? Although DJ said, don't call them the fourth line. But good on Austin Watson because he hadn't uh, exactly came out flying this season. I think no. that's being, I think he'd say the same thing. Of course, with an injury and COVID in between there, there's certainly reasons for it, but it was great, great pass, great goal. And that put Ottawa on a path to success because the streaking continued from there. I was just trying to look up while you were talking there. The Senators have not made a goalie pulled. Oh, that's brutal English. The Sens have not scored enough to chase a goalie at all this season. Wow. So that was the first time they did it last night. And not that they were going up against a Vesna caliber goalie or anything. You got to see an, a guy make his NHL debut in Eustace Antonin in, uh, in the second half of that. But for confidence level for this team, that's what I'm taking from this game most. Is that you went in and you beat a legitimate contender. And the haters will say that Kadri was out of the lineup who dominated Ottawa in that game a couple weeks ago. Sure, McKinnon replaced him who didn't play in that game. But then Kale McCarr, a late scratch as well. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a sigh of relief when you get a guy who's a sense killer in Kadri and then arguably one of the greatest defensemen in the in the world right now in Kale McCarr, also off the lineup. And you get to go up against the third and fourth string goaltender. So <laughs> was there a bit of luck? Absolutely. But we're not going to apologize for taking advantage of that. And the Senators, it's not like they steamrolled this team, even with those major uh, players out for Colorado. It was still a battle here. And that's what I wanted to see too, Ross, is I want to see games where they face adversity and they overcome it, right? Not yeah. here's the overversity and it's going to wash right over this team. And here comes another L uh, up on the dinner plate here. So I'm just glad that finally the Sens were able to get out to a good lead, score a bunch of goals, have it crumble in front of their eyes like we've seen before, but not let that be the storyline here. The storyline is the Senators get their second win off the back of Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzla. And that's what we needed to see more of this season. And that's how the Sens are going to win these games. Like, it's not going to be the the Tyler Ennises and the Nick Holdens that raise this team to victory. It's got to be your Tim Stutzlas, your Thomas Shabbats, and your Brady Kachuks that do it. I love seeing that on the score sheet. Let's not pass over the fact that Josh Norris became the first senator to reach double-digit goals this year. He gets his 10th. He's quietly on pace for a 37-goal season. Not bad <laughs> at all, right? So he opens the scoring in the second period. Again, guess who get the assist? Kachuk and Shabbat. And then Timmy on the power play. I guess this would be a great place to start when it comes to how did that count? Yes, that was uh, that goal was very, very interesting. And that's one of those situations where when it happened to Ross, like the ref didn't really call a play. He just kind of put his hands up and is like, okay, it's a dead play. Like we don't we don't know what to call this. So that was very strange to see. And uh, thank goodness that the hockey gods uh, tilted that call in the sense favor because I feel like that could have gone either way there. Yeah. So that actually made a 3-2 Ottawa. I was looking at Stutzel's power play goal that we'll get to. Sick pass from Drake Batherson on that one. But the change, not only in the hockey gods for allowing that goal, but for the Senators to be the team scoring in the first two minutes of a period. Because 
coming out of the first tie to two, that was huge to get the confidence level going, not only for number 18, but the team as a whole. So I guess DJ Smith had watched video, been watching the Leaf games, and credit to the Sens coaches. I think they're four for five this year on challenges, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They definitely nailed two in a row, one against Carolina, and then last night, um, not only on this play, but then challenging and determining that the play was offside in the third period, the initial goal um, that would have tied it. So I just love what what that did for the confidence of this group. And then, all right, you take it from here, Timmy's second of the goal, just patience personified. And this is what I was talking about with Tim Stutzler, Ross. Remember a couple episodes ago I was saying, let's get Stutzler back to an opportunity and a mind frame where he's confident using that shot. Because I watched that play a couple times, Ross, and – I was going to say the old Tim Stutzla, but Tim Stutzla of two weeks ago. Let's let's rewind it back that far. Back when he was young. Yeah, back when he was just, uh, just a young grasshopper two weeks ago. Um, on that play, I watched it a couple times. And what Tim Stutzla would have done on that play is force that puck to Brady backdoor. And it's not a bad play. because He even, Brady, said, he even said post-game, he's like, I almost tried to hit Chucky backdoor. It's like, no! <laughs> that's what I'm... Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. And Kachuk was open backdoor, but he would have had to force that pass through a diving defenseman, which probably gets broken up and then maybe even cleared after that because it's a loose puck. So instead, he sees Kachuk there. In his mind, he does his quick decision thinking and says, okay, I'm not going to pass it to Kachuk. I'm going to hold on this. This defenseman is playing aggressive. He's trying to block the pass lane. I can outweigh him. I'll toe drag back a little bit and then fire it home. And that's what he does. And we need to see Tim Stutzler have that confidence. We can't have him being like, oh, Brady's open. I better get him the puck. Otherwise, I'm going to be in big trouble after the game for missing that opportunity. No, you're one of the game breakers, Tim. <laughs> it, you need to be the guy where people are are uh, regretting not getting you the puck and not getting you the opportunities because you're the big you're the big ticket here. You're the most talented offensive player on this team. Like, you have the most skill. Sure, you got a long way to go in development and cleaning up your all-round game. There's guys like Batherson, Norris, Kachuk that are ahead of you in that sense. But just pure offensive skill and what you can do with the puck on the stick, it's unmatched on this team, if you ask me. So for Tim to have the confidence to keep that puck on his stick and wire it was great. And, I like, I don't know how much they knew about uh, this new goalie. I can't even remember his name. Uh, pardon me on that. But... Uh, they clearly had some game notes on him because a couple of the goals were in that same spot. Like Brady's OT winner was in the same spot as Stutzla's goal. And that, w- correct me if I'm wrong, that was the first goal scored on the new goalie, right? Or was Johansson still in the in the net at that point? Uh, no, it was Antonin. It was yeah. Antonin. He got so, pulled after the uh, Norris goal. Both of those goals were were at the same spot. So clearly the guys are talking on the bench being like, that's a weak spot for this goalie. Let's let's take advantage of that. So that goal just made me so happy to see because that's what we need to see more of. It's his third career three-point game. He had the hat trick last year against Winnipeg. There was another game we had a goal and two helpers. So it's his first two-goal, one-assist game. Actually, that's his first two-goal game in his NHL career. He had the one hat trick and then all singles from there. So let's see if this, I know we've said it before, but let's see if this is what catapults Tim Stutzla into the stratosphere that his underlying numbers are showing he's about to enter. But right now, it's about continuing momentum in our show as well. We also have to get into the Pierre Dorian press conference. It's caused a bit of a stir among certain media members, but 
can't leave a game unfinished before we hit the ad pillsy. That OT winner. Okay, so the Sens choke it out. That's still a part of their game that needs cleaning up. They did the same against Carolina. So it gets to OT. And how many ounces do you think the stake's going to be that Brady, or sorry, that Shabbat is going to have to buy Brady? Because that turnover almost led to a McKinnon chance the other way, but Brady got his stick on it. And he was yeah. gone. And and that's, um, who was the starting lineup for OT for the Sens in that one, Ross? Because remember we had the discussion about not having Brady being on the first line because wasn't Brady a part of that second line where he changed no he he started ot so that was a long shift then it was a long shift i do believe i'm going to double check that while you're giving the synopsis on the goal yeah because uh, i thought that he he changed on that ot so we had fresh legs and then because he was he was humming that's what i mean like we don't see brady kachuk going that fast at the end of a long shift so maybe i maybe i miss uh, saw that but if that's the case, then that's perfect because we talk about we don't really want Brady being the first guy on the ice in OT because you want a little more speed. Do you have an answer here? He started overtime. He was 51 seconds into his shift when the puck went in the net. Okay, so that's just captain shit and finding a way to reach down and get some more energy and adrenaline. Yep. And he was gone. Like the defensemen, they didn't have a chance in catching him there. And then he pots that goal, same spot as Timmy beat that goalie. So those are the kind of things where I feel like the old senators, like Brady would have just shot that into his chest and been like, ah, crap, it was a good opportunity, but we just, we can't finish here. We can't do it. No, screw that. Like this is a team now where Brady Kachuk's like, all right, McKinnon turnover in OT. I'm taking it the other way. We're at home. There's actually a decent crowd at the CTC for once, 14,000, which I mean, isn't great, but considering the average there is a pretty good crowd. I'm coming back in OT. It's a 5-5 game, and I'm going to score on a breakaway, and this crowd is going to lose their minds. And that's what happened. They need more moments like that. The Ottawa Senators have uh, six players, sorry, five players who have more overtime game winners than Brady Kachuk. Quick trivia. Can you name those five Ottawa Senators more OT goals than Brady Kachuk? Pilsy, I'm going to let you think about that while I tell us about our friends at Indeed. Thanks to the great resignation, the job market is filled with once-in-a-generation talent. So how is your organization going to put that all together to make an all-star team? Your front office needs an all-star roster. You need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want. A short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all. Attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessment, and virtual interviews. With Indeed Instant Match, over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post according to Indeed data. Candidates you invite invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than only those who see it in search. So get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
And Ross, if you need to watch TV, whether it's your favorite shows, your favorite movies, or your favorite NHL hockey team in the Ottawa Senators, then you need to check out DirecTV Stream. Because, look, in today's age, there's so many logins, there's so many passwords. You're sitting there being like, does this password need a, a number and a capital letter? Which which kid name did I use for this? Which Ottawa Senator uh, former player is in my password this time? And you can't remember, and it's all just a big mess. Get rid of that. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch all your favorite sports. You got the movies for the kids, favorite TV shows for your partner. Everything is all in one convenient place. No more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So you're not, you're not stuck if you don't feel like you have the right program here. So get rid of the clutter. Get rid of the confusion and get your TV back together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Contents vary by package. Check it out today, guys. DirecTV Stream at directtv.com. Make sure you're locked on, Senators, wherever you download your podcast. You can also check out the video version on YouTube. That's where we've been live streaming our postcast after each and every Sens game, a quick 10 to 12 minute hard hitting. Post-game analysis. Pilsy, how have you been enjoying those? I love the postcasts. And uh, hey, we've started doing them and the Sens have started stringing together some wins. So I think we're going to keep doing them as long as the fans love them. The chat has been great. We've got about 50 people each time hopping on and uh, viewing. So if you guys like it, it's something we're going to keep doing. Yes. No limits on the capacity either. So come on down. Join us after each and every Senders game. The next one will be tonight. But also, if you miss it live, you can find it on YouTube or we're going to post the audio version wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so the Senators are in action tonight. Pierre Dorian spoke to the media, something that the fans and media have been asking for. We'll let you know how that went. But the trivia question I left you with, which Ottawa Senators, there's five of them, have more regular season overtime game-winning goals than Brady Kachuk? I will tell you, Pilsy, the number one has seven, has seven. So Brady needs three more to tie that. I'm usually terrible at trivia, so we'll see how this goes. But I'm going to start this off with Mark Stone. Mark Stone is on that list. He had five. Milan McCulloch. No, love love the gumption of that one. Milan McCulloch had no more than one. Matt Duchesne? Matt Duchesne, don't think he was here long enough. That's a he was a on valid a guess. Big point per game pace though when he was here. One, one, damn. Yes, tied with Jared Cowan and Bobby Butler. Zinger Ryan the Zingle. <laughs> you're you're going hipster on me, Pilsy. Ryan the <laughs> Zingle. He is not here. He's not here. Hmm. Oh, Pajot. he's got two. Pajot. Pajot and Dezingle both have two. Oh, man. Yeah, you're really having trouble. So seven, two guys have six, and two guys have five. You already have Mark Stone. You're running out of time here. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Tied with Mark Stone, I'm surprised you didn't get this one, is Kyle Turris with five. Mm, yeah, I should have got also, that one. Also has the most overtime goals in, in playoff playoffs history yeah. for the Ottawa Senators. Mike Hoffman has six. Yep. So does Eric Carlson. Pretty impressive for a defenseman. Ooh. 
six OT game winners. And number one, Mike Fisher. Wow. Number one, Mike Fisher with seven. So I never there you have it. That. Wow. Um, Brady Kachuk, the fewest amount of games. He is tied with Daniel Alfredson, who played 1,178 games. Brady at 217. Chris Phillips is at 1,179, and he has three himself. Mm-hmm. But he also has a couple huge ones in the playoffs. He would always score big goals in milestone games, I remember, about Chris Phillips. Okay, Pierre Dorian. This is uh, going to be crucial to get into. Not that he really shocked the world with anything that he said, no. but the fact that he talked is newsworthy in itself. He walked back the rebuild is over statement, which we knew he would. Anything else you found interesting? I guess his side of the Matt Murray equation. I found that very interesting, Ross, especially because speaking of Pierre Dorian walking things back, he was saying um, in the Mendez article, at least is what I read. And Dorian was saying, I don't uh, fully believe that when Matt Murray says it was a quick phone call, we must have spoken to him for about four to five minutes about this. <laughs> like, yes. As if that's a save, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We had a full conversation. It was between four and five minutes talking about what we were going to do. Sick backtrack there, Pierre. I don't know if that really, um, that doesn't really cut it for me, a four to five minute conversation with how you're going to deal with your, uh, goalie who has makes over six million dollars being sent down to the minors. Yeah, interesting stuff there. He did, however, follow up saying that he and Matt Murray spoke on Friday, so that would have been after the Matt Murray quotes came out. Matt Murray himself played in Belleville, thirty saves, thirty three shots. Belleville lost to the Manitoba Moose in back to back games. The matinee on Sunday, they were shut out two nothing in that one. It's a good Manitoba team, no question. Well coached, well uh, constructed defensively. And they showed Homer. it, right? Look at the Homer no, over here. No chance. Wow. I, like, you see the talent. And obviously, Cole <laughs> Perfetti is a guy who's already playing uh, for yeah. them as well. But, like, Belleville, I'm tra- more so just giving Belleville an out. Because Belleville allowed, or Belleville scored, rather, one goal in two games. Yeah, and speaking of Belleville, uh, another concerning thing. How about Pontus Aberg going back to Europe? Like, yeah, I saw that. I mean, obviously, like, that's a very, very minor thing for this franchise. But... Still a little concerning when you can't even hold on to your your AHL guys. And he, he was doing a decent job there in Belleville. So maybe he just got an offer he couldn't refuse out there and he kind of forced the Sens' hands. Or it was another situation where the Sens just kind of mismanaged him and he wasn't happy with how things went about. Yeah, he's also uh, a single father as well. I think there's a feature done on him a little oh, while yeah? ago. Okay. So I don't know if it's uh, family circumstances or whatever. We won't speculate could on be, it, but sure. just could mentioning be. that it, it could be a variety of different reasons for Pontus Abert to go back. He only had two goals, but he was third on the team in points. So you got to think that that's strange in that sense, but not really because when the Senders had all their COVID situations, he was never really on the board for a call-up. And this is like a tweener that had played on competitive teams the last few years and played NHL games there. So I can see from his standpoint, maybe not being too thrilled when it comes to that. So yeah, Pontus Aberg's back. Belleville drops two games. So that five out of seven was nice, but five out of 11 doesn't, or sorry, five out of nine doesn't have the same uh, ring to it, does it? No, it really doesn't. And like, obviously it's disappointing when you see Matt Murray go down there and lose, but like you said, Manitoba's a good team. It's not like they got blown out and no goal support all weekend. So really, you know, it's one game. Let's see how things move along here. And uh, hopefully Matt Murray can get a W in his next game. Won't be playing tonight for Ottawa as the Senators are just taking the ice. We're going to leave you with another tease. Pilsy, Ooh. is it Forsberg's net or do they go back? 
to Philip Gustafson. The Sens begin back-to-back games tonight at New Jersey, home tomorrow against a New York Islanders team that hasn't won since I was at the game in Winnipeg on November 6th. It's been a month. They're 11 straight and losses. 0-8-3. Yeah, because uh, yeah, they lost in a shootout last night. 0-8-3. Yeah. So which goalie do you put against which team? The Senators stepping on the ice for morning skate right now, Pilsy. Why don't you hit us with an ad from one of your favorite sponsors? Because I know you love Bet Online. Oh, yeah. I love BetOnline.ag. And uh, apparently, I love giving them parlay money as well. Ooh. But... Just like the Senators' fortunes have changed, I I think there's if there's hope for the Ottawa Senators, then there's hope for Pillsy's parlay of the day. And I've got an interesting one here. I'm going kind of with off-ice things in my parlay. But before we get to that, let me tell you all about why I love betonline.ag. They are the trusted sportsbook for the Locked On Podcast Network. And since you guys are loyal listeners of the Locked On Senators podcast, we're going to hook you up with the promo code. So go today online sign up at betonline.ag make an account for free and use promo code locked on and what that's going to do is going to give you a 50 percent welcome bonus so you put a hundred dollars in bingo bango bongo you get fifty dollars in free play money but with free play money you got to earn it you got to win it to earn it sorry and how are you going to do that well you can fade or follow pillsy's parlay i think i might be onto something here ross and you can tell me if you think i'm crazy or not but here we go. Pillsy's parlay of the day. The Philadelphia Flyers just like literally this morning, if I'm not mistaken, fired Alain Vignon. So we got new coach energy here. And we all saw what the Colorado Avalanche are up against when they're using their third and fourth string goalies. So I think new coach energy and up against poor goaltending. I think the Flyers have a chance here and they need it badly because Tampa absolutely embarrassed them. So this is a team where players are playing for pride here and they want to help out their new interim coach, Mike Yo, get a Mike Yo, sorry, get a win here. Vancouver Canucks, same scenario. They just fired their coach here. They're up against LA Kings, a uh, Pacific division rival. They want to get a new uh, win for their new coach, and players are playing for pride here. So we're going with the interim coach parlay, Philadelphia Flyers money line, Vancouver Canucks money line. Put ten bucks in, you're going to win thirty-two twenty-five, and that is Pillsy's parlay of the day. It's BetOnline.ag. Get off the sidelines and get into the action. And while you're taking a look at what you want to wager, check out Built Bar on the internet for the best protein bar in the business tastes like a candy bar literally they come in so many different amazing flavors if you like chocolate you'll like built bar that's because all 16 amazing flavors are covered with 100 chocolate that are soft and easy to chew built bars are great for the health conscious guy or girl as well because you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat the bars are low in calorie low in sugar but they're high in protein and high in fiber so go check them out for yourself right now built.com Promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off your next order. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. All right, Pilsy. It's a Senators game day. And dare I say, I'm fired up for it. Two wins in the last two games and now they head in to New Jersey, a team I got to see up close and personal yep. on Friday. They lost 8-4 here in Winnipeg, a game that got out of hand, <laughs> largely in part of Jonathan Bernier and goal, let a few squeakers in. Winnipeg's on, on a bit of a roll, though, right now after beating up on Toronto last night, too. But 
That being said, I think this is a very winnable game for the Ottawa Senators, who I'll let you guess, actually, because there is a goalie in the starter's end. you think it's Anton Forsberg or Philip Gustafson? Well, normally I would uh, guess and be wrong here, Ross, but I will uh, be honorable, and I know that it's Forsberg, so we're, I'm going to go with Forsberg on this one. And as we're pulling up on YouTube, no lineup changes, except on the back end. Dylan Hetherington, who's a bit surprisingly called up and played ahead of both Delzato and Mete in Saturday's win. He was minus two in 12 minutes. I still liked his box out game. But maybe because Colorado is a bit of a heavier team. That's why they try to get him in there. Mete back in the lineup playing alongside Lassie Thompson. I'm going bottom up on the decor today. So Mete Thompson, Holden Zub, and Shabbat remaining with Zaitsev. Shabbat's just been playing some unbelievable hockey right now. Up front, Norris between Kachuk and Batherson. Stutzla in the middle between Nick Paul and Connor Brown. Third line sees Tierney, Formanton, and Ennis. And the fourth line, Gambrell, Sanford, and Watson, which leaves Hetherington, Delzato, and Adam Gaudet as the three scratches. That Gaudet was a quick tryout, hey? Yeah, I can't believe uh, he hasn't gotten another sniff here, but I think Gambrell's improved play lately has kind of caused that. Like, he's yes. been playing much better, so that's good. A couple things with this lineup. First off, we love Nick Paul, but I want to see Sanford and Paul switched here. I want Sanford Stutzla Brown because I think that's a more kind of favorable matchup up against other teams' second lines. Sanford's been good. And like, let's not have Nick Paul pulling down Stutzla offensively. Like, I want someone that can play that style of game but can also chip in. So I think Sanford is the perfect replacement. And then with Paul on that, don't call it the fourth line, fourth line, <laughs> that's a perfect shutdown line. Don't you think? That is. Paul, better. Gambrell, and Watson, like, I would be confident in that line shutting down other teams' top sixes. Like, not not in a game game spread, like full, but in big moments, I'm confident that they could shut them down. So that's a move I would like to see. And then I've made my opinions on Mete pretty clear here. There's nothing that he, him coming into the game really excites me or makes me think, okay, now that Mete's in, this can happen or this will happen or it'll help Thompson in this area. Not really for me. Honestly, I'd rather Hetherington on that spot because him and Thompson have some chemistry. They've played a bunch together up in the NHL and down in the AHL. And honestly, I would even take Delzato in that spot over Mete at this point because at least Delzato's chipping in offensively. I mean, Mete has a couple assists here, but Delzato's able to kind of push the offense a little bit more. And that kind of complements Lassie Thompson's game in a third pair kind of style role there. So those are some changes I would have liked to see. And I don't know. How do you feel about Forsberg playing this game? I don't think, for me, it's not too much of a difference uh, either way here. No, me neither. Now, Forsberg, he did make some great saves, especially early on in that game against Colorado. The end numbers don't look great. Five goals on 31 shots, but he was obviously outstanding against Carolina and still made key saves. Like when they were up 5-3 against Colorado, he had a breakaway save on Logan O'Connor that really, if that goes in, momentum swings all the way on Colorado side and hey they maybe even sends lose that in regulation so I think that maybe you go to Forsberg you say hey which one do you want here and uh that's yeah the case. keep the hot hand going yeah I like it yeah which uh I mean we'll see two straight wins and he's been in goal for both of them so why touch a good thing meanwhile when you mentioned Dylan Hetherington 
Reports are he's not on the ice for morning skate, so we'll see whether he was sent back to Belleville or if he's got some bumps and bruises and unable to go tonight. So all that to say, if you want more information on tonight's game leading up to Puck Drop, you can follow us on Twitter at Send Central or you can check the show out on YouTube. Please subscribe there and we'll chat in the postcast. But first, Pilsy, your Locked On player to watch. My Locked On player to watch is going to be Lassie Thompson here. I mean... He's played well, but I can't stop replaying that Alex Newhook goal in my mind, I Ross. Know. Like, uh, I just, I don't know what he's thinking on that play because I've watched it so many times. And what he tries to do is his stick is on the opposite side of where Newhook is is um, stick handling. And then he tries to stretch his leg out to try to block him with his leg. And he ends up doing kind of the splits and just widening, widening himself and then he's basically a pylon on that point and new hook gets by him. So I want to see, sure. Lassie Thompson has proved he can play at the NHL level, but he can't have glaring mistakes like that. If he's going to last here. And I'm like, I'm nitpicking here. Like that was one goal. And he's a young defenseman who's put in a, in a tough spot here playing NHL minutes so early in his career. So I want to see him just play a solid game, but not let any of those big mistakes happen. It's going to be tougher for him tonight, playing alongside Victor Mate, a guy who exactly. likes to, yep. I'd say, take a couple more chances even in his own zone. Um, going up against a guy who maybe last he replaced uh, in, in terms of the depth chart at the start of the year, Christian Yaros. They showed on 1,200 yeah. a few of the boys talking to him. Uh, he's only gotten into two games this year. I believe he'll be a healthy scratch once again for the Devils. My locked-on player, it's too easy. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. It's Tim Stutzla. Like two goals, he's really starting to feel it offensively. How high can his ceiling rise? That's what I want to know. I want to see some Lucas Raymond-like consistent production from a young Timmy superstar. And I think he's got it in him, but now it's time to show it. And wouldn't it be nice? Imagine, they. these are two winnable games here. Say what you want about the Saturday game up against the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> but right now, you've got a chance. You win these two, you're on a four-game heater. And then... Things can just start feeling good. Senators no longer, at least for now, in last place in the National Hockey League, jumping over the Arizona Coyotes and with two games in hand. Huge, huge, huge. Now um, I'll move on to my lockdown player here, Ross. And your lookout, your lookout. I always mix. I always mix those up. We got to work on that, or That's I do tough. at least. Look out player, and this is a guy that Sens fans will know well. Used to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and that's Andreas Janssen. And mm-hmm. Sure, maybe he's not a guy that pops out of the page on you, but this New Jersey Devils, they don't really have any game breakers. So he's been given a much better opportunity here to play in a top six role than he ever was afforded in Toronto. And he's done pretty well here. Now, his last couple games, the Devils have lost big time up against Winnipeg and Minnesota, and they lost big time up against San Jose. But before the Winnipeg-Minnesota games, Ross, um, in San Jose, Philly, and Nashville, he had seven points in three games. So, like, th- this kid, he's been able to light it up when he's given the chance. And he's on their second power play unit. His shooting success per- uh, percentage is much over 20%. I think it's at, like, 23%. So, if he's in the right place at the right time, he's shown he can get it done. So, that's a guy I'm going to be looking out for because he's one of the better offensive threats on this Devils team. Yeah, for me, it's Nico Heischer, 200-foot centerman. I really yeah. like watching his game. Former Halifax Moosehead, first overall pick in the 2017 draft. And, man, he is he's just – he's not exceptional at everything at anything, but he's good at everything. So Five-tool player, yeah. Exactly. He's the, he was the youngest captain in NHL 
at the moment until Brady was named captain, as he's been wearing the C there for two years. Of course, he had so much depth down the middle with Jack Hughes and Dawson Mercer is another guy I'm going to keep my eye on. Back-to-back games against Newfoundlanders after Alex Newhook and the Colorado Avalanche. Now you got Dawson Mercer, who starred for Team Canada at the World Juniors. He was a first-round pick in 2020. And then on the on the back end, Ryan Graves, who Gord Wilson reported the Sens thought they had him this summer. From I would the love Avalanche. that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Imagine him with Lassie Thompson on the left side, although you, you probably find a role for him in the top four. But that being said, I think that he's a guy who can play up and down the lineup. P.K. Subban. Watch out when he's skating up behind you. Yeah, that's tough. The the one in Winnipeg happened right in front of me. I was like, come on, man. Again, he's been fined three times this year for slew foot situations. Not sure who's starting in goal, whether it's Mackenzie Blackwood or Jonathan Bernier. But if you're the Ottawa Senators, just keep the good times rolling. How's that for a key to victory, Pilsy? Hey, I love it. And uh, I'll I'll dive into one a little bit more here. The New Jersey Devils power play is one of the worst in the league. In fact, only Arizona has a worse power play than them. They're clicking at just around 13%. So, and like I talked about, this team doesn't really have any game breakers. Sure, Nico Heischer, incredible player, but he's not an offensive game breaker. He's not going to finish yet. anything. Yet. yet, at least. Yeah, yet. But I don't even, I don't project him as a game breaker. Like he's, he's a very good all-around centerman, but... He's not a guy that you're necessarily nervous about a game planning around. So maybe I think Jack Hughes has a better chance of becoming that guy. Um, so on this power play, you should be able to shut them down. Like their power play is very similar to just their top six lines because they don't have a lot of uh, like high end power here. They have a lot of depth. So don't let that power play embarrass you. Don't let it be a reason why you lose this game. Penalty killers, this is your game to make a statement and shut the door on uh, special teams. So that's my key to the game is have a solid, strong penalty kill here. Well, that would be nice because they've given up power play goals now in a few straight games, including a very uh, untimely one, will we say, against Colorado the other night when um, when Landis Cog got the one right because you're hoping you score those two quick goals and the crowd's still going crazy from announcing the first one and then Landis Cog scored like yeah. three minutes after Austin Watson and I mean, other than that, though, it was pretty solid. And they, they've been doing it because that trip that we don't have to get into that trip on Formington in the third period where he just literally hit the guy through his chest on the boards. That was an absolutely brutal call. So you knew the Sens were going to kill that off for forming in the box. But Ottawa's just done a great job at staying out of the penalty box. So you can't score on the power play if you don't get power plays. <laughs> How's that for, uh, for the Senators' motto to be going into tonight's game is don't take penalties and you won't have to worry about a New Jersey Power play. Going to be a fun game tonight, especially with a win streak on the line. We hope you can join us for the postcast following a 7 o'clock Eastern start against the New Jersey Devils. But for today, we say goodbye. Thanks for listening to Locked On Senators. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, where we've got your team every day.